You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Pleasant day to you listeners. Welcome back to another episode of China Africa Talk. I'm Bridget Mutambira coming to you from the Chinese capital. Hope you are having a fruitful and productive day. In this edition, we explore how China Africa cooperation in science and technology has evolved over the years. China has collaborated with a number of African countries to date in both publications and patents however limited with very few african countries that are comparatively stronger in science and technology infrastructure today my two guests and i discuss how the china africa collaboration is increasing and is likely to grow in the coming years as china is emerging as a leading global research hub in the world walk us through this discussion online are dr lawa marafa a professor at the chinese university of hong kong and dr jinjie wang Director of Research Office at the Institute of South-to-South Cooperation and Development in Peking University. Professors, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much, Bridget. Great. Let's start with Professor Wang. Perhaps if you could just give us a brief background here. We know that from 2018 to 2019, you spent a whole year in Africa visiting seven countries to study China-Africa cooperative industrial parks Can you perhaps share some of your key findings related to science and technology cooperation between China and Africa? Yes, we spent a year in Africa to study China-Africa cooperation in industry park. <laughs> we witnessed the urge and the passion of African people who wanted to develop their nations. Mm. Um, African countries hope to seek uh, economic benefits through cooperation with the international partners, so as to uh, stimulate industrialization and infrastructure development, right. um, accelerate the growth of economic sectors, promote employment, and promote skill development and technology transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as we all know, the success of China has made it a, a world. Second largest economy and mm. uh, lifted it out of poverty in a relatively short time, right. uh, which makes other countries' leader willing to understand China's experience. So, in our research, we studied 184 investors in the industry parks. Mm-hmm. Over 45 of them are challenged by the lack of skilled workers. That quite surprised us. So we continue to investigate the education level of the local employees. We wanted to find out the reason behind it. Mm. Uh, we discovered that over 80% of the employees who are hired in the uh, industry parks have mm-hmm. middle school or above educations. This is a quite a good education background for mm-hmm. manufacturing sectors, actually. But why they still lack of skilled workers? Mm. Um, then we interviewed the investors and the local employees. We discovered that there is a mismatch between the education and the need of the labor market. So the education is more training the white-collar job instead of the blue-collar jobs, mm-hmm. which are needed for the manufacturing sectors. So that made us to think, what kind of education is really needed for the industrialization and the development? How to promote the employability of local young people? That's one of the key findings. Another is the industrial park attract global investors and the spillover effect produced 
by the investors is a force that cannot be ignored to promote Africa's development, which provide possible suggestions and practical uh, references for the need of scientific and technological cooperation right. at different levels. Although we know that the manufacturing only contributes a small percentage of the GDP, such as in Ethiopia, it's only 60% of the GDP. But we see a future that is very potential. Yes. Professor Marafa, when we look at China's relations with Africa in science and technology cooperation, which sectors are we looking at here in most African countries? Is it mining, education, agriculture? Where is the need? What are the patterns like in terms of need for more cooperation? Yeah, thank you, Bridget. And it's wonderful to be with Professor Wang. And I have just listened to the experience. I think when you are looking at the sectors that are maybe mostly needed in terms of China, Africa, science and technical cooperation, it's this is an open field. For me, I will definitely say that there is really no sector that will not benefit if this cooperation continues to be a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. Mining is certainly something that can go, given that a lot of African countries, many of them are mineral-rich resource countries. But I want to say education and agriculture, I think, basically holds the key. Right. Uh, and this is simply because, you know, agriculture up to the moment is home to Africa's employment, both Mm -hmm. in the urban area and indeed in the rural area. You are looking at anything between 60% above. Mm-hmm. And as we move on now to either looking at poverty eradication or basically putting food on the table, there is nothing that will basically take away agriculture from that table of discussion. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I think education is also key. It's, you know, probably me as an academic, I will probably also be biased in mm-hmm. highlighting education. Mm-hmm. But from Professor Wong's very quick intervention, I think it is nice to say that education is the key. She has also rightly identified that there is some sort of mismatch in terms of education, with most of education being white-collar products. Mm -hmm. And as we move now into manufacturing, into digital systems of living, into new governance structures, there is the need for new skills. And these skills cannot basically be white-collar skills. We need a lot of technical know-how. We need uh, skills on the ground. We need digital platforms, you know, and so on and so forth. So I think there is the need, um, you know, to upgrade uh, the system of education. Mm -hmm. uh, And that can be basically, uh, you know, with all other countries that we are talking about on the African continent. Mm, thank you there, Professor Marafa. Professor Wang, Professor Marafa has just mentioned some of these key areas. He mentioned mining, agriculture and education. Why is it important for Africa and China to invest in infrastructure development in the spaces above that he's just mentioned? Why is it important? Yeah. Um, thank you, Bridget. And I thank you, Professor Marafal. I, I think as um, as uh, as African, you, you as an insider, you understand your people much better. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm, I'm Chinese. We look at the Africa from the outside. Right. But I, I like this kind of a communication. We can achieve the common understanding and agreement with each other. I'm, I'm very glad we come with the same conclusion about the importance of uh, certain areas in the science and technology 
cooperation. Yes, infrastructure is the key for sure. As I mentioned, for that whole year, we visited different countries. We mainly observed the importance of the infrastructure. Okay. And for example, the the industry park, it is definitely a infrastructure. It creates a better business environment for mm-hmm. investors, mm-hmm. including uh, sufficient water, electricity, one-stop services, and uh, also creates the industrial cluster benefits mm-hmm. and saving the investors the transaction fees, mm-hmm. etc. All in all, the infrastructure create a mobility for people. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure could be in many different areas. We are very familiar with the road bridge. Um, railways, highways, and mm-hmm. like in, uh, like industry park as well. And now we are creating a more advanced the technologies in the outer space, mm-hmm. in the space technology as well. And, you know, during the COVID-19 period, um, China helped certain countries like in Algeria to uh, buy through this outer uh, space technology. Um, China has been playing an important role in popularization of pandemic mm-hmm. prevention knowledge mm-hmm. and uh, guarantee uh, teaching the activities how to prevent the disease. In Ethiopia, the same thing as the outer space being donated, a satellite being launched in Ethiopia in 2019 as well. So those kind of infrastructures helped. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's also mutual benefit for sure. Yes. Professor Marafa, we've just heard what Professor Wang has just mentioned here in terms of investing in infrastructure development in regards to science and technology. But how can some areas of cooperation among stakeholders be reformed to improve overall image of China-Africa science and technology cooperation? Yeah, I mean, this is a very good platform, you know, for me to basically say. We have the African Union, I mean, generally, kind of very recently came up with what they call the Africa we want. And, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, the 2063, um, you know, document, you know, that basically came out. Mm-hmm. But again, recently there is this China-Africa cooperation for the vision you know, of 2035, mm-hmm. which I basically don't know so much of, but, you know, we read a bit. But what I want to point out is as we move on from here, Like I said, education is key, and education can actually be specific. Mm. Uh, We can target specific industries. Uh, We can target agriculture, you know, for example. And we can target, you know, so many other things. If you look at the statistics we are having now, and I'm not sure if my figures are very much current, but, you know, 2020, 2021, Mm. we still have about 800 million Africans that Mm. are basically not enjoying the digital revolution, if you like. Okay. And, and as we move on with digital um, you know, infrastructure, this is an infrastructure that can be able to help in so many other aspects. So education is one, people can learn how to use it. And once they use it, it can also be able to get into healthcare. It can get into commerce and financing. It can basically also help in agriculture. We are seeing a few examples where people are actually engaging in what they call smart agriculture. And as we look at the status quo now, the issue is only about 33% of the African continent are actually well connected to smart technologies. So mm. this is one way of basically, uh, you know, getting into, uh, you know, that system either by investment or by vocational education or indeed trying to promote what we are now seeing 
as digital economy all over the world. Professor Wang. Yes, Bridget. Professor Marafa has just mentioned digital revolution and he also gave some figures there mentioning that 33% of the African population was connected to digital infrastructure. For China, though, have there been any challenges in developing digital and technological structures to African countries? If they are, what are they? Because 33% is quite a small figure. How has it been like from your studies? Yeah. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Professor Marafal. Before I answer your question, Bridget, I have just a very quick add-on to uh, Professor Marafa's. Professor Marafa, I totally agree with you in mm. terms of education. Agriculture definitely is important. That echoes to a research we've just been uh, conducting. We interviewed and also surveyed African international students in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked them what kind of talents their country needed Majority of them answered that they needed the talents and the ICT users in the field of agriculture. So I just want to add this to uh, Professor Marafa's to comment on that. And I, I agree with that. And I think the the, the local youth, the, the international African students and uh, the youth, they all see that. But the key thing is they might not choose to study the major. The international African students, they choose non-agriculture related majors, but they all know their country need agriculture related talents. And I think there are three aspects of challenges that China is facing right now. Um, Number one is understand the needs of Africa. For Mm -hmm. African countries, a digital and a technological structure of agriculture, manufacturing, medicine, mm-hmm. and other fields are scarce. As Professor Marafa mentioned, agriculture is the top priority of China's cooperation with Africa. But at the present, um, China's investment in Africa's agriculture accounts for around 2%. Mm. So this number could be various according to how you calculate it and from what kind of source. Mm. But but we can tell it's still small. So it's necessary to enhance the China's agriculture digital cooperation with Africa. But we needed to understand the needs it's there, but why uh, resources is not there. That's Mm. the challenge, number one. Number two is how to consider the feasibility. In terms of the feasibility, we should consider um, each African country has their own development strategy and national development plans. Mm -hmm. So we needed to be familiar with their scientific and technological fields Mm -hmm. that this specific country focuses on so we can support them in that specific field. There's no one size for all. That's the feasibility. And uh, Professor Marafa mentioned about the education. I cannot agree with him more. And, you know, now we more focus on short-term training or higher education exchange with Africa African countries, when we are carrying out scientific and technological cooperation with Africa, mm-hmm. China might can consider start from the basic education or secondary education to cultivate the spark of scientific and technological interests. Mm-hmm. So that is what our country very good at, you know, different fields of the education, not only just the vocational, technical education, higher education, maybe basic education could be a field to look at through mm-hmm. the uh, ICT technology could deliver the remote educations. Um, the thirdly is how to ensure the output because okay. we have always attached importance to the cooperation and policy itself, ignoring yes. the output effect after implementation. Mm. So therefore paying attention to the output and the benefits and doing a good job in the later evaluation and monitoring mm-hmm. and tracking is important mm. measures mm. for further optimizing China-Africa science and technology technology cooperation in the field. 
So this is the three challenges or three areas could be strengthened in the near future. Yes, mm. Bridget. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. We'll see you there. Professor Marafa, Professor Wang has highlighted some of the challenges related to understanding the needs of Africa, the feasibility issues and the outreach effect with regards to challenges China may be facing in establishing technological structures in Africa. I'd like to know from you, though, what can China-Africa cooperation do to unlock the technical potential in Africa? How do we catch up? Uh, Yes, I think there is hope. I'm someone who is always optimistic by nature. Mm. There is a way to do this. Let's look at education and then the digital relationship, for example. A large number of African countries, in fact, some of them are even like 24% in terms of digital infrastructure. So this is one way that we can basically move on because as we are seeing now, you know, like I said, I don't like mentioning countries because we are not doing a comparative analysis. Sure. Uh, but there are places where even with limited education, you can actually navigate on your smart devices. This is what smart living is basically seen to be helping in terms of development strategies. Now, already there are initiatives that China has been doing down to the focus number eight that was just done last year. You can be able to see that we are focusing on different areas. But for me, I always say, and I have always mentioned to people, that I think the way that we can actually enhance this impact mm-hmm. and continue to create a win-win situation is actually in agriculture, promoting development, reducing poverty, you know, identifying the benefits of basically going onto the field, as well as educating the young people. It is true a large number of people do not really see agriculture as a key, Mm -hmm. but we move on with modernization, even into agriculture action. You look at Rwanda. Mm -hmm. Rwanda has now got almost 90% coverage in their 4G. So they produce, you know, everything from Chile to tea. So basically exporting Chile into China. Mm -hmm. And this is simply because the industrial capacity that can be supported by the modern technology is there in place. And so we can use that as basically educating the young Africans Mm -hmm. to see the need to get involved, to actually be able to create a system whereby African young people can actually learn from the Chinese young people so that they can also be able to help themselves and basically help the community. You mentioned that as a solution, Africans can learn from Chinese people, and you also gave the illustration of Rwanda, how developed it has become. Can African countries use China as a template to transform the current state of technological industry? What would it take, in your opinion? I'm not saying that, yes, we can take or we cannot take. I mean, we are in a situation where we need to move on. You know, if you Mm -hmm. look at before we had the Sustainable Development Goals, we actually had the Millennium Development Goals. Mm -hmm. And the Millennium Development Goals, when the document was being prepared, Africa was 
probably the only continent that was actually mentioned in the preparatory document mm. before, of course, Asia came on board. Now, when those goals were being discussed and actions were being taken, mm. China clearly ahead of everybody in terms of achieving the Millennium Development Goals, in terms of poverty alleviation, in terms of job creation, you know, for people. If we can actually look at the way things are being done and basically move on in that direction, I, I can give you so many examples. Professor Wang, I'd like to know from you. In 2020, estimates revealed that over 60% of Africa's population then were under the age of 25, meaning that by 2050, the population in Africa will increase from around 1.2 billion to 2.5 billion. With such a growing population, how can science and technology and innovation help to harness the demographic dividend in Africa? Who are the key stakeholders in this process and what can they do about it? Um, yes, uh, thank you, Bridget. Yes, this is um, this is a definitely a very uh, good question to discuss here. As we all know, Africa is the world's youngest continent, as you mentioned. So with such a growing population, of young people on this continent, how to create jobs mm, for them mm. and provided them the appropriate education is so important. So we can see the advantages of demographic dividend mm. would attract more global investors to Africa, no doubt, for mm -hmm. the following years. Uh, coming. So African youth should be well prepared during this process and the policies there, the infrastructure is there and the job opportunities is there so mm. that they would be ready to joining the development of this important uh, window of opportunity uh, mm. in terms of a demographic dividend. Cooperation between China and Africa has made great contributions to both parties. So the trends of investment after 2013 provides opportunities to make up for the lack of infrastructure, promote the industrialization of African countries and promote the integration of African economies into the global economy. Yes. Okay. Professor Marafa, going forward, though, in your opinion, what more can be done towards deepening China-Africa science and technology cooperation? For me, research and development is very important. So mm. there has to be a way. And when I say research, I mean, actually, we see it on the ground. Okay. There is the need to partner, to continue that strong partnership. Mm -hmm. um, I have heard recently that there is an idea of China-Africa joint laboratories, mm -hmm. and these are laboratories that will enhance teaching and learning from each other. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly we can also be able to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. uh, there is also the need to partner with institutions. We have top universities. I mean, if you look at in the Commonwealth system of education, some of our universities are top. Mm. So we can also be able to do research. We can, you know, basically, um, you know, also to develop, you know, according to the needs, you know, of specific countries. Thank you, Professor. Moving forward, in your opinion, what can be done towards deepening China-Africa science and technology cooperation? Oh, yes. I agree with what Professor Marafa just uh, mentioned, and I can uh, add on one uh, aspect, which is the capacity building and uh, providing solutions. I think at, at present, the scientific and the technological cooperation between China and, and Africa is no longer limited to knowledge transfer and mm. technology transfer. This is this is happening always. Capacity building and uh, providing solutions are more important. The the reason why is uh, as the main uh, concern of the AU that mm -hmm. mentioned some of been mentioned by Professor Marafa, including poverty reduction, 
on disease prevention and control, food safety, agriculture development, uh, energy, environmental protection. Uh, different countries has their own different capacity mm -hmm. and they need different solutions. Right. So in the future, China and Africa cooperation in scientific and technological innovation should focus on these issues of the concerns to African people. Mm -hmm. uh, deeply understand. I think even though China and Africa has been establishing this cooperative relationships since uh, since the beginning of our our new country established so um, again uh, wrapped up is the capacity building and providing solutions in the uh, during the process of science and technology cooperation is more important than just giving knowledge and providing skills mm. yes well, thank you fortunately this is all the time that we have on the program but I'd like to thank you Professor Lawal Marafa and Professor Jinjie Wang for joining our discussion on science and technological cooperation between China and Africa. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.